Hi, my name is Shoto, and I am a monk at Sokukoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokuzan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help. So observe without expressing. I could also say receive without producing. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways of saying the same thing. I'm usually giving the same talk over and over with different titles. I want to encourage you to look, smell, taste, touch, and even think everything. Thinking too. We don't have to set the thought processes aside. Receive the thoughts. If you can, don't express, don't add, don't do anything with what arises, anything at all with what, don't write poetry. Don't jot, make notes in your journal about what a wonderful experience you've had of non-duality. Not that that won't show up. I'm saying, of course it's going to show up. Don't express it. <clears throat> Unless you're working on a book of poetry, then of course, write everything you want. The idea here is not a strict like, oh my gosh, don't do that. No, it's be aware that you're doing that more than anything. But you may have to put a little tether, a little lunge line on that pony of your thought patterns. So you can see the circularity. That's what a lunge line does, if you're familiar with ponies. So that you can see the way you continue to take what arises and use it as a credential for something else or proof of something else. The very nature of relative truth is to pull you into the relativity and just make mincemeat of you or make a, a souffle. Do something with you other than what's appearing. As, we're as we are living, as we are going through our day, we run into various triggers. They may be little tiny things that show up, uh, seeing a, uh, driving down the road and seeing a tree at a particular angle reminds us of another tree that seemed to have that same kind of confirmation that took us back to when we were eight years old. Think about that. You can reflect on that. That triggered that. That triggered a memory. But then there's other kinds of triggers that we tend to uh, blame. You don't blame that tree. Uh, you, like you wouldn't blame the tree for triggering something where maybe somebody, uh, when you were a child, somebody was uh, bullying you or triggering it, you wouldn't blame that. Or you might. You know, a trigger does not cause uh, something else. It, it triggers, the very word, it triggers the memory of something that comes up that has been unseen, has been hidden, has been submerged, has been ignored. All kinds of words for that. Repressed. Use psychological terms if you wish. Awareness, awareness, awareness is about being aware of what is happening rather than taking what is happening and jumping to this way or that way. And I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. On and on and on. Constantly creating this structure that protects what's traditionally called in the Yogacara tradition, the seventh consciousness from being what? Seen. For what it is. Just seen. Self-love, self-reference. What are the other ones? Self-delusion, pride of self. Yeah, those are hard to see. Pride, the pride is very, it's very, very sneaky. 
because it just looks like it's just the truth. I'm just really no more than others. I'm greater than others. Uh, seem to have more insight than others, especially that one guy. He has no insight at all. I'm the one who has the insight there. I'm glad that I'm able to help him with all of my incredible insight. You cannot have take your insight and give it to somebody. Not that this hasn't been done, sometimes called Shaktipat. Uh, here, I give you transmission. You don't give anybody anything. You can't be a heart surgeon unless there are hearts that need surgery. I'm sure that made total sense to you. <laughs> so, when I say receive, what I am endeavoring to get at is a subtle area of the consciousness where things are starting to come up and spark a little bit and move towards your awareness, that, that part of the consciousness that has just on receive. And because the, the density, the thickness, the brittleness, the sharpness, the roughness of what is arising out of your, if you want to use the fancy word, alia vinyana, because that's so difficult, we immediately start to object to it or just eject or just say, well, it's because of, I wouldn't have this, this is not my feeling, or we go the other way, this is me and I'm terrible and I can't get anything right, here I go again. Having negative feelings, I cannot stop, I cannot get, how do I get rid of these? Won't somebody help me get rid of these negative feelings? Yeah, I'll help you. You might not like it, but I will say eat every ounce of it. Not chomp, 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 but just receive it, receive, receive, observe, observe what's happening in the mind stream as you sit facing the wall. Very difficult to do in post-meditation. If that starts to rise spontaneously out of your sitting practice, then of course, then go with that. And maybe that's a, uh, maybe that's something that can help you. Very important to observe what is arising rather than try to do a repair job on it before you even really know what it is. What arises is dependently arisen. It comes from who knows, who knows what the source is. It's very easy to settle for, she said this, therefore I felt this way, or they did this, and attribute cause, blame. It's relatively true. And most of the world is operating out of that, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. Who did it? Who didn't do it? Who refrained from doing it? Who has a lot of discipline? If you think you have a lot of discipline, you are confused. For, for, uh, in two ways. One is your understanding of discipline can't be put into words. If it's put into words, it's not discipline. And the other one going even deeper than that, there isn't anyone to be disciplined. If you think there is, then you'll use the discipline to help reinforcing an ego, a self, a me, me, me who's going somewhere, succeeding at this, this situation, failing at another situation. So insofar as you can, through the practice of meditation, which you need to do a lot of, train yourself, retrain yourself so that you can actually observe <coughs> what arises in the mind stream unsummoned and maybe untriggered maybe no maybe you're just having a very negative feeling you wake up in the morning and it's a not such a good day maybe just 
the sky is overcast, that might be enough. Start to feel, feels in some negative way. And rather than look at the negativity through your awareness practice, through, through your ability to see clearly what is moving in the mind stream in terms of emotions, thoughts, memories, rather than being able to see that clearly, we immediately start to add on thoughts, opinions, judgments, logic, why this is happening. We have little mini conversations with ourselves. And relatively, those those have a lot of truth to it. The ego feeds off from that. Ego is looking for polarities, oppositions. There's a lot of them out there. Just watch the news or just have a conversation with anyone, especially someone with no mind training at all. And even those with mind training, because it takes so long to do this, even someone who's been meditating for three years, eight years, 10 years, 20 years, won't necessarily have the clarity that you would think they would if they've been training their mind for decades. Don't look for results. If you want to look for results, then go do something that will provide you with results. Get a degree in botany. That That's results. Become a me mechanical engineer. Do something where if you do this, this, and this, you get that. That's relative truth. It works fine. We need it. It's everywhere. We need people who know more about that particular dynamic in our life than we do so we can get, what, professional help because we don't know what's happening with our... As soon as you go inside here, take somebody who knows something about your heart or your kidneys or your spleen or your digestive tract so that possibly they can help you. And even their help is limited. A spiritual path, mundane path are separated, but fundamentally they're not separate. But if you conclude they're not separate uh, intellectually or conceptually, then you get trapped by your thought patterns about it. You get trapped by your thought patterns about it. It's called an opinion. Opinions are worthless because they're based on this and that and this and that. Well, when they're based on this and that and this and that, you've totally missed this that happened 18 years ago in this person's mind stream. You've to totally missed what happened 13 centuries ago. Am I saying I believe in past lives? I don't believe in anything. Otherwise, I could not do this. I would be trying to get you to believe in what I believe in. And I have no interest in doing anything in that way to get you to believe in what I'm doing, uh, what I believe in or do what I'm doing. I'm just saying you might want to take a look at your mind yourself so you can liberate yourself. The path of the Buddha was not about joining Buddha. Although we go through rituals that seem to look like that. We need some kind of a reference point. What do we have? A chunk of wood carved in the shape of a person with gold to show that it has value who lived 2,500 years ago. And we're still saying, still bowing towards this. Not because that is a chunk of wood is worth something necessarily. From the point of view of, view of ultimate truth, everything has value. Everything's completely, totally sacred. Not as a polar uh, po polarity to the profane, the sacred and the profane. That's a uh, We'll leave that to the philosophers, the psychologists, or whomever. If you're on this path, you have to actually see with your own consciousness deeply into your into the nature of what consciousness is and who you are. 
the basic misunderstanding, as I've said many times and was said way before I got here or any of us got here is belief in the self that there's a solid separate being called me that can win or lose, live or die. That's why it's called transcendence. Because you actually go beyond this. You go beyond the belief. Belief in something is a primitive uh, way of working with the spiritual path. Not wrong. It's just uh, primitive. I'll take some questions. Go ahead. What is the unknowable discipline that you spoke of? Intend. A noble discipline is to intend with everything you've got to see the truth yourself. Get help. You have a, a, a teacher, a mentor, a guide, uh, someone who's been around a little longer than you have and has looked at the nature of the mind longer than you have, and perhaps more deeply. Get some help. Well, combined, can we know the lack of discipline in that area? Yeah. Um, how many hours did you sit last week? 20. 20? That'll work for a while. Keep doing that. Actually, what you discover by a lot of sitting meditation is how little say-so you have around forms. We have forms. We, we sit down and face the wall, and we observe what arises in the mind stream, and uh, endeavoring to see who this is, and who or what that is, those are the polarities, self and other, subjective, objective. Those are unreal. Those are unreal. They look real. That's why it's called an illusion that we are deluded about. What is the best thing that I can do about or with my beliefs about you when you're not here anymore. You think I'm going somewhere? You may be surprised. You just can't find what room I'm in. More? What you're looking at here is a human form that will go away. What this represents can't go away because it has never appeared. If something appears, it's going down. Human form is going to die. A bird is going to crash. A dog is going to bark. Things are going to occur. It's called relative truth. And it's such an incredible illusion that we're deluded by. We think this is this world is real. Well, of course, this is here. It makes a sound. I'm here. I can strike this gong. I can stop it. I have all kinds of controls, all kinds of say so. A limited amount. You have a limited amount. But this is coming to an end. Everything in here that is living and breathing is coming to an end. I'm not making a threat to you that something you don't already know about, of course. But we all think, well, not yet. Not yet. I'll be around for a while. I'm not saying that so much anymore. Go ahead. You know, are you suggesting that after you pass that I keep looking for you? No, you, you, you'll, you'll see me. I'll be here. I may not look like this. Just continue to train your mind. It's not about worshiping me or anything. It's not about worshiping anything. It's about the intention to see what is true yourself using these forms, this particular structure that's been around for 2,500 years, passed down through person to person, down through the centuries, through different cultures. It's just amazing that it's still here. And part of the reason it's here is because nobody can figure out 
nobody can figure out what it actually is. Otherwise, there'd only be one Buddhism. Instead, there's lots of different Buddhisms. Approaches. Go ahead. No? When you, when your body's gone. You mean this one? That yeah. one right okay. there. Let's think about that for a while. Yeah, I probably won't have that kind of expression on my face. More like that's that's not me. That this is not you. You're, you're not. You're just your body. There's some aspect of consciousness that has come together with a body, mind, and is showing up in the form of a receiver. You receive smells, taste, touch, sounds, sights, thoughts. You receive thoughts. You do not produce thoughts. If you think you think, I don't think so. I know that's not very funny anymore. I think I said it three weeks ago, didn't I? No? Well, only Paoshan would know. I said it 60 seconds ago. Stephen no. Belling, when, when your body's gone, I, it'll look like I'm still carrying, I'll still have beliefs about you. Okay. So cool. Just look. You don't have to stop believing. You don't have to start believing. You don't have to ignore it. Just look at it. It'll do if you if you just look at something, whatever that may be, it will not change into something else unless you fiddle with it, unless you push on it, unless you do, do something with it. Then it starts to rotate around looking for a hideout. More. You say observe without expression. Yes. What happens if we radiate um, our sadness or anger or... That's an expression. Anxiety. Okay, so when I say without that, I know you can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help but, but feel however I feel and look the way I look or express uh, difficulty. But it's about being aware of that. It's about being aware, not necessarily stopping it. You can't really, you don't really, we don't really have that much control but it's being aware that we cannot change how we feel. Go ahead. On the line, uh, can we receive? Uh, what does what does receiving look like of our own emotion that's coming up? How can we receive, observe without expressing? Probably can't. But if I say that, then that puts some tension on it, so that when you do have emotions that seem to arise in your mind stream. Un, unsummoned or, or triggered uh, that don't even feel they, they don't even feel like they're yours they feel like somebody else did that to you and they may have uh, the interaction but in relative truth is going to look like this cause that cause that cause that it's called karma but there's no fundamental cause for anything so you just it's, it's about observing that if you observe that that tends to uh, slow down quite a bit it may stop, it may not stop, but what we're basically looking for there is to see, is there someone there? Is there an identity here? Is there an object out there? That's the fundamental misunderstanding that is overwhelming. Go ahead. Divine. So you're saying observe the physical expression of the emotion that's coming up, or do we observe the identity that seems to be so... Both. 
I'm express. I'm watching my hand move. I'm not stopping it. I could. I could sit like this and just talk without moving at all. So it's always, always, always about awareness, not about thinking the right thought or or doing the right thing. It's about the awareness of what is happening, and that's uncomfortable, especially if you're sitting on a cushion, looking at a wall, and you've been doing that for days, months, years, hours. Every day, that's uncomfortable to do that, but we do it anyway because we. When I say we. That's it's up to you. You want to see the truth of what this is yourself. You want to actually see it yourself, not just a bunch of opinions about everything, which actually get in the way of what's actually there. A person can live their whole life with just opinions, judgments, evaluations, and can be relatively correct. Well, they this is happening, that happened, then of course this is the truth over here, relative truth. But to actually see truly what this is, it seems necessary to have a spiritual path of whose intention is see what this is yourself. You see it. It's not believing what the Buddha believed. The Buddha probably did not believe anything. Go ahead. What about um, observing our fellow Sangha members who are radiating? Or it feels like radiating negativity. Yes, we look at our our own reaction to that, or do you? No. Is there some way we can but, see theirs? But you could see someone, but look at your reaction to that. What look at what you're producing, not what they're producing. They're producing is a, not really any of your business, particularly. It's their karma. They have to take care of that. If they turn to you and say, "I'm having difficulty. I'm having a lot of negative feelings. Can you help me?" Then you could listen to to them. You could say, "You're a." You're a therapist, so that's something you do for livelihood. So you're listening to people all day long. Isn't that true? So what do you think about it? Me, 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 I would always need uh, permission. From the, the person? Yeah, whoever is in front of yeah, as, as I do too. I don't teach to anybody unless, unless they come in here, then but they can always leave. And I don't teach to anyone unless they ask me. Yes, sir. Can awareness arise before identity attaches to it? Yes, does it all the time. The identity doesn't know how to do that. So what is it you want to know Um, that I can possibly help you with? Observing without um, expressing. Yes. Um, can we actually see that going? I feel that we can. It's, it's much easier to do if there's not if there's uh, some warfare going on or some kind of fear, which we, we're covering it up. We're very successful at covering up fear, and quite often that looks like we use hatred of someone else to cover up that we're afraid. So much easier to feel for us to feel just angry at someone pissed off at somebody because they're doing this or doing that when you don't really realize what's happening is you're fundamentally covering up your fear. You may never even realize you're afraid until you're on your deathbed. And then you realize this is there's something I've not been practicing here. It's called the spiritual path. But you may not realize that the cultural context, the the culture, the your particular karma may not really allow an opening for you to do that, to have a spiritual path. Well, uh, Pasha and Bowing. Um, 
things. What does awareness look like uh, when it's not attached to an identity? You won't see anything. It doesn't mean that you won't, the, the eyes won't be operating, you won't see a tabletop, or you won't see a wall, or you won't see a person, or you won't hear a voice or smell a fragrance. It doesn't mean that you aren't receiving it, but there's no one there anymore. So therefore that is, uh, it's just uh, has its own kind of energy. When I say its own, it's, it's just the energy that doesn't belong to anyone anywhere. No one owns consciousness, but it's on loan to each individual for a little while. And then what you do with that is whether you turn yourself into an oligarch or a dictator or a tyrant of some kind, or whether you uh, realize the incredible pain and suffering that's going on in the world and turn yourself to helping others. That is so many different things that are dependent, dependently risen more. You were saying to Ondo that we put tension, observe without expression is putting tension on something, but we may not have any say so about expression. Yeah. Does that tension change the way the expression manifests? It could. It could. It's, uh, the tension is just we're, we're looking at something that's being produced, we're looking at our uh, consciousness. Uh, Something shows up in consciousness, we don't like it, so we push against it, and then we might push uh, on the actual emotion or feeling itself, whether ideas or concepts or our scolding ourselves. What do I do? Always do I can't. Here I go again. Those kinds of things actually trap that. They don't fundamentally contain it, but they create a, a kind of a shell around it, so you can't actually see what it is. And we begin to think we know what it is. These are called concepts, ideas, judgments, evaluations conclusions, analysis, all of that is relatively true. But this is a spiritual path, not just a relative path of succeeding at something. Is the intention to withhold something or hold something back? Probably for a while, until you see that you can't do that. You see, you really have no say-so about what occurs. And if you see that you have no say-so about what occurs, it, it sounds like you're saying something changes. Does something change? It may look like that. It may look like something. It may look like that for quite a while until you realize nothing happened. Does the practice change? It could. It could change quite a bit. Want to keep going in that area? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how do, you, how do you actually ask questions about something that's starting to get very fuzzy, very faint, so we can't get a handle on it? If I was talk, talking to Joe Rogan, he'd get a handle on me and pull me around like this. And I hope what I do, I'd let him. I would listen to him. Any questions on Zoom? Go ahead, Mazuk. Mazuk is it possible to function out of awareness without being hooked by our thoughts and the thoughts still show up? I think that it is. But we won't get a credential for it because it's just uh, we're in and out of that all the time in terms of clamping down on something or just relaxing and 
feeling the wind uh, blow past our ears and hearing we're, we're, we're there all the time. We're not separate from that, but we separate ourselves out based on fear. Fear of so much different for each person, but it's basically fear of uh, being invalidated or being or dying for that matter. Yes. Bowing, it often seems like I um, am missing a lot of my surroundings, like I'll walk past something and not see it multiple times. Why does an awareness practice not translate into looking like I'm more aware of my surroundings? Look what you just said. You're, look how aware uh, you are of what you're missing. That's awareness. You just told, you can't tell me about that unless you're actually becoming more aware of that you're not seeing some things. You're, you're not, you're not, you follow a little bit what I'm saying? Awareness is, you're actually aware that you're shutting down in some areas. Like I'm aware, there's no way I can be aware of the scroll that's behind me. I would have to do it through memory, which is not so dependable these days. Just like if I'm looking at you, I'm basically ignoring everyone else somewhat. So your very question is saying, telling me how uh, aware that you are. But you can't really track everything you can't be. So that's, that's good, but you can. And eventually it develops, and when I say develops, it's that's just a relative word, a way of talking about it. It's not exactly a development. It's more of an uncovering of something. You will eventually see, if you keep going, that there, uh, that there isn't anyone there, that the awareness has its own dynamic. Awareness is aware, consciousness is consciousness. There's no, there's no identity there that is conscious. Kind of peculiar. Once that's the case, then you're no longer worried about the identity. Then the identity may came, come back. You know it's unreal, so you don't care what it does. And when I say you don't care, that doesn't mean that you just kind of puff up and you can do anything you want because now you're enlightened or something. It would be less, you'd be doing a lot less, more than likely. Yeah. Cayenne Baron. Yes, sir. Uh, you often say if we see what this is, we won't know what it is. Yes. That effect. Is there still curiosity about what we don't know? Bowing. Yes, there, there may be even more curiosity because then we are really aware of how much uh, there, there, there is that we don't know anything about. It's just uh, it, it becomes it could engender a lot of curiosity about maybe certain areas of, of uh, working with uh, relative truth or even ultimate truth, if you want to call that an area. So yes, you could be even more curious about it. And you're, because of your sitting practice of meditation, when you begin to work on something, your, your focus can be a lot stronger because you're less distracted by, uh, you've been practicing being not distracted, being aware, being aware. You're aware of what's, you're no longer stopping thoughts. You don't mind having negative thoughts. You're not particularly overjoyed by having positive thoughts. You're not, you're no longer particularly, um, uh, seduced by the thought forms, either negativity or, or positivity. Oh, I think I'm having a 
blissful experience. I think this must be the ultimate Vajra-like Samadhi. Probably not. So does that, uh, is that, is that uh, answer respond to your question about curiosity? Because that's a good area there, curiosity. Kind of thing. Yeah, I guess I, I just, it struck me today that you're teaching on not knowing. I was treating that as a way of shutting down, but it that didn't seem right from what you teach. So just like uh, if a person is in prison or is in shackles uh, and they're and they're fighting with that and they're fighting with demons and they're in their mind or wherever and they're just it's anger 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 there's no curiosity there but you could be in the hell realm and have some curiosity which is human realm which is actually you know a rudimentary but it's actual intelligence that it's actually looking at something you're actually looking at what's around and you might even be looking at the side. Could I slide that off my hand? If I got my hand together like this, could I slide that off? I'm using a really obvious metaphor, but it's like, if you see, you have to look at the prison you're in. You have to look at the bars. And if you're constantly blaming someone else for how you feel, blaming somebody else, someone else for putting those bars in front of you, it's because of them. If they hadn't done this, if she hadn't said that, if my mother hadn't treated me this way, not that that isn't relatively true, and it, but it, and I'm not saying it wouldn't help you in therapy, maybe to go through all that and get some of that, those uh, hammer marks off your skull, possibly. But a spiritual path is about transcending. You actually go beyond the relative warfare of it. If you're trying to win a war, I say, don't go to war, don't go to peace. Don't try to be peaceful. Look at the warfare. As a poet uh, Kabir once said, and I have to paraphrase, um, uh, if 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 inside your heart you have a loaded gun, how can you have God? How can you do that? You have to what well, first see there's a gun, then possibly uh, unload it, or with your magic powers change it over to solid styrene. Styrene's never killed anybody except yeah, I guess it has killed a lot of people chemically. So see, being aware. Of the, of the prison, being having some curiosity about your neurosis, having some curiosity about anything is puts you in of the six realms, the hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, the animal realm, human realm, jealous God realm, God realm, those uh, types of consciousness, those kinds of locales in the mind that are, is either fighting or shutting down or demanding whatever human realm is still full of passion, still full of grasping, but it's you actually have some curiosity about how you grab, how, why you would even want that. Might be a why question or two in there or 50, but eventually there's going to be a what question. What is this? Also starts with a W. If you say why, you're going to get a because. And if you're a scientist, then Probably, probably going to work pretty well. But at some point, what? What is it? This is what um, this is what phys physicists are apparently doing. I guess I don't know how they're doing on that. But what? What? What is? What is stuff? What is thing? What are? What is this? What is it? You could do that this way. What? What is a thought? 
and rather rather than just I've been thinking this, I've been thinking that. Now I'm thinking this. I need to think more about that. I need to figure this out. Yes, sir. James online, can can we be curious without um, looking for something? Yes. And that's Shikantaza's prime example. Sit down, look at the wall, and just watch what moves. A lot of curiosity there. Go ahead. Jeez, I'm having, I'm having more trouble formulating questions or investigating in some sense, and I'm wondering if there's a level of ignorance or if curiosity can still be functioning if if that's not arising. Um, it may be uh, functioning in such a way that it's not ready to produce anything in that along the lines of a question or something. So, you know, so if you have a question, ask. But if you don't, don't, don't crank one up. I can keep ask myself a question and keep talking. Or I can shut up and leave. Yes, sir. Andy. Yeah. Andy. Is there any end to asking what? Yeah, you, you often say it's turtles all the way down. I mean, yeah. fifteenth turtle. That's where you stop at. Sixteen, seventeenth. You're looking up at you, wondering about us. Yes, there is something. Nothing stops particularly, but there is a kind of stopping. You could use that word that where you you no longer are looking uh, for something else. That doesn't mean the curiosity isn't there, but it still operates on a pretty low vibe. What is that? Or what was that sound? That kind of thing. Rather than what is this? You know what this is. And you don't know it in terms of that a, um, the physicists still talking about a particle or a wave back and forth. They're trying to, they, they don't really see what they're looking at right there. There's no difference between a particle and a wave. There's no difference between your right ear and your left ear. It's more obvious. Except one's on what? The right side. And the other's on that. Wrong side. More. Your attorney, you tell me. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, it's, I just you know when when I've looked at my hands before and been curious and been like, what is this? What, yeah. I just don't get to any. You know answer. what? I don't get to any answer. No, no, you won't. That's why it's it's that kind of a question. You don't need a question. You just need to have the intention. You just need to have the the question. What is this? Who is this? To, to W. Who, who is this? Don't 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 get your identity from others or from yourself. Don't get an identity. If identities show up, then just observe them. Sanho, you're an attorney. What do you think? Less and less, apparently. <laughs> Okay. Navid Bowie. Navid, are you an attorney? I don't know. <laughs> okay, how are things in Iran? Um, you mean uh, the Iran itself? No, you. Uh, everything's fine. Okay. What is your question? Um, does individuality ever cease to exist? It doesn't need to, because it's it's uh, you see that it's unreal. The consciousness that has been aligning itself with an identity that needs help, that needs support, that doesn't want to be criticized, that needs to be right. That identity is an aspect. You can even say an area of consciousness. I don't know if it's an area or not. 
It's just a dynamic of consciousness that that tends to grasp and tends to be self-referential and full of pride and full of love for itself or himself, herself, themselves. And so it doesn't have to, you just eventually see that the, the, the identity, it's kind of an odd thing because it's not um, some kind of miraculous aha moment. It's just, it, you, it's very simple, ordinary. You just see that the body is here, is dependently risen. And a part of consciousness happens to show up here, which gives a feeling for uh, it's my hand that's moving, but there's really no identity here. It's just the hand. I mean, everybody wave their hand. Okay. So that, those aren't my hands. Those are your hands. But uh, on the other hand, no pun intended, uh, there's no, um, there's no ownership anywhere. We have a, it's a temporary thing. You get to go like this, or you get to go like that. So it's a very simple dynamic. This is why uh, uh, pull, uh, the sound of one hand clapping and all the other uh, Zen sayings down through the centuries that have been trying to take when someone has realized what this is. Say, well, I don't know if they'd say, oh, my, they might have said that in Chinese or Japanese or Korean, but they would say there's no way to say that. There's no way to point to it. And then maybe you would come up with the Zen uh, koans or Zen uh, konghans, well, ideas that would help point in that direction, that would help uh, possibly help you trigger you into just receiving what's in front of you. This is why the shikantaza, looking at the wall, watching the mind stream come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. Things arise, things go down. You don't grasp them, you don't reject them, and you don't ignore them. And through that process of training the mind, you eventually see what this is. And I can tell you in two words what it is. It may be helpful to you a little bit. The only thing I, I have is not separate. There's nothing separate from anything else. It's not that your eyes aren't in your head looking at this person or looking at other people, but that doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't add up to something else like a me. It does not indicate a self anywhere. There is, there is no solid self in the skandha's form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Go ahead, Naveed. Are you going? Um, so when you're not here anymore, what will be the difference between your consciousness and Trungpa or Colvin's consciousness? No, there's no difference. Uh, consci consciousness, I make no claims. I can't claim, oh, I have a, a direct link to uh, Trungpa, uh, Trungpa Rinpoche or to Colvin. I don't, have any, I don't have to have a link to something you're not separate from. And then knowing that you're not separate doesn't feel like some kind of a homecoming. It isn't like, oh, finally, I've returned to my true nature. No, it's ordinary. It's, it is flat. Just like both of those gentlemen were. When it was time to be flat, they were completely flat. They were both very, very situational. They're very, wherever they were at, they were exactly genuine all the time. And it's so genuine that you couldn't, you couldn't really tell that you were talking to a monk. In both cases, at least that was my understanding of that uh, meeting both of them. Totally different wiring, totally different chemistry, uh, uh, just completely different. Uh, I'm just even amazed to see them uh, shaking hands with each other in a photograph. Sano, go ahead. Sano, does fear come up for you around death? Fear around what? Death, yours. Yeah, but it's a, it's not any uh, it's not anything particularly complicated. 
because uh, uh, I, I know, I understand that well, not only me, but all of you, you can't die. There is no death. This is an illusion. And it's by being stuck with your body and thinking you are a body. And of course, this body is going down. It will die. But who you are can't die because it has not been born. As, as uh, uh, who was uh, in the 17th century, who uh, Banke Otaku, uh, his whole teaching practically was uh, the unborn. Just stay in the unborn Buddha mind. Unborn. Unceasing with a nature like the sky. It's just just this. And as long as there's warfare in the mind, we're after this, we're trying to stop that, we're opinionated about this, we're afraid of this and and seduced by that, as long as that's going on, then the alignment with the body really works because we have all these sense fields, we have desires, and we have uh, um, all of that. Are you sleepy? <laughs> Want to go take a nap? No. Yes. Uh, Ross from Dublin asks, I have been sitting and watching. I quickly develop pain in my eyes. Can I do so with closed eyes? Um, sitting meditation? Yes. Sure. It's situational. If you can, keep your eyes open. But if, you're, if you can't, then close them. If you can, the instruction is sit down, hold still, watch what moves. And if, the, if the, just the idea of watching or hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, a lot of things are happening. If you're actually having physical issues with your eyes and close them. You can set up a form for yourself. You can sit with your eyes closed for, if you're going to sit for an hour, sit with your eyes closed for 20 minutes and open them for 20 minutes and then close them again or find some something that works for you. Is there, are there a few questions more or are we done? Christine, bowing. Go ahead, Christine. Where does consciousness originate? It doesn't. It doesn't really seem to have. Where a, does con Christine? Yeah. It, it, Christine, it doesn't seem to have a, a source. Your origination. Well, you, you you could go that far if you wanted to, but you you don't have to be, really be concerned about that. Just watch what moves in the consciousness until you see that which moves in the consciousness, and don't believe this. I'm telling you something, but I don't want you to believe it. Consider it and, and see how you experience it. What arises in consciousness, consciousness, consciousness also arises in. So consciousness and what arises in the object, it's just a temporary var variation on consciousness, just like the idea of me or the idea of you. It's just, it's just consciousness showing up as a, an otherness, and it's just consciousness showing up as a coffee cup that says disappointment awaits on it. So this is a, here, reflect on that for a while. Disappointment awaits. If you're on this path, you're going to be dealing with some form of suffering, not nihilism, just some form of negativity, more than likely. So consciousness is, uh, doesn't seem to have a source. It doesn't have an owner. It doesn't have a boundary, but it, it takes up boundaries in, the ter in terms of forms a wall, uh, a thought, a prejudice, an opinion. Anytime you have an opinion, it may advance your personal situation a little bit, but it basically shuts down on your on your uh, spiritual path. And it's up to you what, what you're going to do with this. This is not, I'm not here uh, preaching uh, some kind of a belief in anything. Close on, Bowen. Close on, go ahead. 
was looking right um, at Nice show has a question in the chat box. She asks, what is meant by teaching, Bowie? Teaching? Yes. Uh, well, I, I could uh, ask you, Nisho, what do you mean by that question? <laughs> but I will say, uh, you, 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 someone who functions as a teacher can't do that without a student unless they're promoting themselves, unless they're making promises. I don't make any promises. Uh, I can't I can't function as a teacher unless there's a student. So you would have to sit in front of me and ask questions like we're doing here somewhat. I, I ask my question myself a question before I come in here so I know I'm going to talk about or sometimes I come in and I just ask questions. So um, the response of the teacher to the student or to the question. Um, I'm not sure it seems like you're asking about something else there. Everything is a teaching. If you're a student, maybe this is what you're looking for. If you're a student, if you're really truly a student, you don't need a, a teacher because everything, you're receiving everything. Everything is telling you what this is. This is how I function. I don't function out of anything other than I'm looking at what I need to know always. Sometimes it's not very comfortable. Sometimes it's very comfortable. But if you ask me a question, then this situation of just being here I'm able to respond in a way that may be helpful to you, may not. If it's not, you won't be here long. And if it is helpful, you'll probably come back and maybe ask another question. Like Christine asked, what is, uh, what is a you know, the source of consciousness, something where does it come from? I have no idea. Consciousness is a word that points to something that we don't even know what it is or understand it. We just know that, that through the eyes, through the organs, we, we are aware of visual objects, uh, auditory sounds, smells, taste, touch, and it creates an illusion that we believe is true. We're deluded by it. We believe this is real. This is, we actually are this human form and we are for 60, 70 years or whatever your lifespan may be, maybe shorter, maybe longer. And we just believe that. And most people live their life out of what they believe. And if you're a practicing Buddhist, uh, the way I understand the Buddhist teaching, you don't believe anything, nor do you disbelieve anything, nor do you ignore anything. So if you're if you're doing that, you're probably uh, you're, you're just a teach you're, you're just a, uh, a student all the time. You're always on receive. This is what the the name of the talk was. Title of the talk was uh, "Observe and Don't Express." I think that's what it was. And I, I'm, I'm not saying you can stop expressing. Of course, you're going to continue to express. But by saying don't express, observe, observe, observe what's happening in the mind stream and any of the sense fields, including the mind, just observe. And then don't express. But you won't be able to help doing some expression. By looking at that instruction there, you'll be very aware of the amount that you express, just like uh, with the... Uh, um, Uh, trying to think of the qu uh, question was Junju's question about about being aware that she's not aware. That's kind of where you're that you were blocking things out or not seeing that, and then realizing later you had not understood or not really seen that clearly. Wasn't something like that, but that's still awareness beginning to operate in those areas that are darkened out 
by ignoring just a, a, a kind of a knee jerk, ignoring everything. So uh, awareness is working in so many different ways, it's probably impossible to track it. Be a student. Be on receive all the time. Listen to everyone. Listen closely to what everything is. Listen to not only the tone of the voice, but the words, but what the what what is being said in the in the sentence that's being expressed. And listen to the way the tone shifts. Watch the body language, not by way of interpreting. If they sit like this, that means they're defensive. Don't leave what you see for what it means. This is a different area altogether. Just watch the movement and include that and your innate. I say innate, your intelligence that is not about thinking. Your innate intelligence will bring that together in a deeper understanding of consciousness only. It will happen. Um, it's not even an occurrence because if it was an occurrence, then something occurred. And I'm not saying that something doesn't occur, but it's more like an uncovering of something rather than grasping or understanding or getting something. It's already there. We cover it up all the time. And as soon as you see it, if you grasp it, it's gone because it's not it doesn't have ontological status as a thing. It's not a thing. If it's a thing, then it's separate from everything. But even though you may want to possess it all yourself. <coughs> Could take a final question if there is one. Greg Ballin. Go ahead, Greg. Can, can consciousness be a prison? So how, where's your, uh, what, what is it you want to know about that? Because I, I could probably have a conversation with you about it, but uh, what is it you're looking for there? Well, I find that sometimes when I'm aware of something, either post-meditation or in meditation, it leads me, I might want to write about it or something, but I, I seem to go deeper into my delusion, you know. So is there a way to both be aware and es escape the illusion at the same time? Maybe not. Uh, but the, the way you ask the question tells me you already are aware of what's happening there, uh, but you're, you're looking for some kind of a conclusion about it, perhaps. Or some 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 way of dealing with it. And I would say just sit more. That doesn't presume that I know how much you're sitting, but I have a little bit of an idea how much you sit. I would say add on a few minutes here and there, so that there's more time spent sharpening the blade instead of chopping vegetables. Vegetables are thoughts. Thank you, Bob. Yes, sir. Very good. Hi, my name is Shoka. I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity.